0: Welcome to the Succeed with Content Strategy podcast, the show that shares knowledge and insights into applying content strategy principles to your marketing and professional efforts. I'm your host, Rebecca Stewart, content strategist, content strategy coach, and co-founder of Content Academy. In this podcast, I share the latest trends and get the inside scoop from business owners, marketers, and content strategy professionals on how their content is propelling them forward. So grab a cup of coffee, sit back, relax, And let's start learning how we can succeed with content strategy. Before we start the episode, I have a couple questions for you. Are you a marketer tasked with starting and managing your organization's blog? Are you a writer who wants to become an exceptional digital copywriter? Or are you a content strategist or content strategist wannabe trying to stay on top of the latest trends and best practices? Stay motivated and find content strategy success by joining the Succeed with Content Strategy cohort, sponsored by Content Academy. You'll be part of a diverse group of professionals who face a common challenge, developing the best content strategy to achieve business or career goals. As a member of the cohort, you'll have opportunities to learn from leaders in the field, Ask fellow cohort members their opinions on ideas, trends, and challenges, and support others as we all try to make the internet a better, more organized space, all through content. The most exciting part about this cohort is we're offering free enrollment from September to December of 2018. We're kicking off the cohort with those who understand the value of camaraderie, support, and community. To learn more about the cohort and to join for free, visit succeedwithcontentstrategy.com and use the promo code SUCCEED. Hello, and welcome to Episode 9 of the Succeed with Content Strategy podcast. The topic we're discussing today is about how you evolve your content to keep it engaging, to keep it exciting, to keep your followers interested in what you're talking about, and also to gain new followers. So, what's important about this topic too is when we evolve our content, it's usually because technology has helped make that happen. So, for example, Instagram started with Insta stories last year. Now they have Insta TV and they keep adding new ways within the stories to engage people. So now you can have polls, you can have stickers, you can create these messages that look fabulous, that are exciting. So how in the world do you keep up with that? So in the interview, I'm going to be talking with Ellie O'Brien. And as you'll hear, she is the founder and owner of Hungry by Nature. And she has a great story. So she started her blog post, Hungry by Nature, which is all paleo and gluten-free products because she was diagnosed with an autoimmune disease. She has celiac disease. And so she has this great way of creating recipes that will satisfy her and help her enjoy life without being sick. And so she's taken this content where she started first with her blog. By the way, she takes her own food pictures. They're absolutely amazing. So hungrybynature.com is the site. But when you see those posts, it's great recipes, easy to follow for everyday people. And she has a newsletter that she sends out. She posts on Pinterest and Instagram. But what she started doing in January were more Insta stories. And as we discussed, she talks about how she started going live with her Insta stories to show the food that she was making to stay on the Whole30 diet that she did in January, which perfect timing because this January, the audience wants tips on how to eat healthy. Like, this is it. I'm going to eat healthy this year. So let's follow Ellie to see how she's doing. Keep me motivated. So in this interview, Ellie talks about how she started doing the Insta stories because doing video is very scary. It's that, oh, how am I going to look? How am I going to do this? And we talk about what is her overall content strategy. Does she even have one? So basically, she says, you know, with Insta Stories, it's pretty much, here's what I'm going to talk about. She doesn't have a plan, which that's a content strategy. She doesn't have exact, here's what I'm going to post when, here's what I'm going to promote. It's more conversational. So she talks about how that's really helped her connect with her audience. And we also talk a little bit about some contests that she's done and which worked better for her. So it's a great interview. She has some great content. I follow her on Instagram as well, which is her handles at I'm Hungry by Nature. So the key takeaways that you'll get from this is basically when do I need to evolve my content? How do I do that? And one of the things she talks about is how she listens to her audience and how her audience helps her understand what she needs to be talking about. So without further ado, here's my interview with Ellie O'Brien, founder and owner of Hungry by Nature. Today I have with me Ellie O'Brien. She is the founder and owner of Hungry by Nature Food Blog and Granola Company. So the food blog is paleo-focused recipes that she's had for quite a while. And I met Ellie again, just like how I met Brittany, the social media interview that I did a couple of weeks ago. We met through our hairdresser. Adam. (laughs) And as soon as I went to her site and I saw these amazing pictures and these wonderful, delicious recipes, I knew I had to talk to her about what she does. So Ellie, welcome to the Succeed with Content Strategy podcast. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah. So I have talked to you before and we did an interview through the Content Academy podcast probably about a year ago, talking about your content and I follow you. And since we've did that first interview, you have really evolved your content. Yes. It's changed a lot. I was chuckling because when I talked to you once, you were saying how, Oh, I have to start doing videos. I know I need to do videos. And now you're doing video stories daily.
1: Yeah, I try. (laughs) And, you know, I think people just connect more with a real person, with a real person's face. And so I've really found that that is a wonderful way to talk to my audience and engage with them. I still haven't gotten into like those really cool professional food videos I film when I'm in my kitchen cooking, but those fun, tasty videos that you see on Facebook, I'm still not quite there yet.
0: Yeah. So when you started to plan your stories, did you have a content strategy or a plan of, here's what I'm going to talk about? How do you think about what you're going to talk about?
1: Sure. So I don't have a super like built out plan in terms of Instagram stories. And in terms of video, I do that for all my other content, like the way I plan my blog posts and the way I plan my Instagram posts, my Facebook posts. I have a content strategy behind all that, but I actually really enjoy Instagram stories because it's less formal and people get to see behind the scenes and maybe see the real me a little more. So really, I just try and focus my Instagram stories in different areas. So I like to make sure that I'm providing obviously like free digestible content that is engaging for people, but it is also like teaching them something or helpful in some way. And I like to do behind the scenes, my business and the person behind my business, as well as promotion for my business, promotion for my granola content. And so, I really just try and hit kind of those areas every week. And some days it's totally random. This whole year, I've been switching over like my cleaning products, and my beauty products to non toxic things. And so, yesterday I was on my stories talking about clean beauty products. And so, sometimes it's random, but a lot of times I really like to focus on promotion for my brand, behind the scenes, like real person sort of things. And then I use my video a lot also to engage with my audience in a way where I can learn more about them and then in turn provide better content based on what they tell me. Yeah, so how have you seen the reaction? Once you started
0: doing that, have you seen a positive uptick in followers and engagement?
1: Immediately. Yeah? Yeah, engagement for sure. I feel like Instagram recently is really going more towards stories than the normal feed. I mean, even myself, when I log into Instagram, I tend to watch people's stories before I scroll through my feed. And I think that's pretty common. And if there's some crazy stat, like one in five Instagram stories gets a direct message. Really? Yeah. According to one of my friends who has like a social media business, that is a stat that she uses a lot and she helps other small businesses grow through social media. So. Mm I've just been able to like talk to my followers one-on-one and it's a great way to bounce ideas off of them and make sure that the content I'm providing is what they want. But I've for sure had a significant increase in followers because of video. I think people just connect with you better when they see your face.
0: Right. And the fact that you are listening to your audience too, to create more content, that's got to be
1: helpful. Oh yeah. Of course, because I mean, more than anything, I want to make sure that what I'm providing is something that they want and something that they need, and it's a really fun way to kind of get people involved. Something as simple as using the poll feature is so awesome. so like something this is silly, but like I'm gonna make a pie for Thanksgiving and it's going to be on the blog next week. Would you rather it be an apple with a crumb top or an apple with like a lattice pie? You know, something really simple yeah. like that, but then you do what your poll says, and then you go back to your audience and say, this is how you guys voted. It was so fun to create this lattice top apple pie. And this is how it turned out, you know? And so it's a really fun way to get your audience more involved and to make them feel like they're a part of the process, not just consuming your content. Right.
0: And I find it interesting as you have been evolving your content that you are going away from just talking about food. I remember when you started talking about, okay, what is the toxic-free skincare? You were talking about how you are transforming your entire life to be toxic-free products. So did you find that by adding that type of information to your stories that
1: you reached a whole
0: nother audience that otherwise you wouldn't have?
1: I don't know if I'm necessarily, in this case, reaching a new audience, but just being able to connect people in a different way. I mean, the amount of messages I got last night asking questions about the products that I'm using or how they can buy them or giving me suggestions for the things that I asked for help on. Again, you just like learn more about your audience. Now, if I was utilizing certain hashtags, like within stories, you know, if I was using like a clean beauty hashtag and someone follows the clean beauty hashtag, let's say they could find me in that way. So there's definitely ways to do it. When I first started doing stories pretty consistently was last January, I was doing the Whole30. And January is huge for Whole30. So I was hashtagging all my stories, January Whole30. And the amount of followers I gained that month was crazy because people saw my Insta stories in the January Whole30 feed. Yeah, it was the right time.
0: Yeah. The new year, everyone wants to eat better.
1: So, yeah. Yeah. So there's definitely ways, whether it's hashtags or like your geolocation, all that sort of stuff can get you in front of people that don't currently follow you, Mm -hmm. but are interested in those specific topics. So it's hugely beneficial.
0: Another thing that you did is you teamed up with other food bloggers and you ran contests. So what you did is that you have to follow this group in order to win the prize.
1: How did that go over? It's a really easy, fun way to get in front of other people's audiences. I have found some of the contests that some people run are like, follow these eight people. Like, People don't actually do that. I found it's more beneficial if I'm doing something one-on-one with the brand or one-on-one with like one of my friends who's a blogger and the two of us work together to get in front of each other's audiences. So I feel like in those cases, the lesser amount of people involved, it's more realistic for a viewer to actually click over to one other person's feed versus eight other people's feeds. Right it is a really great way, especially if you have certain things about each of your brands that are well aligned. And my audience would traditionally also follow this other person, but maybe they just don't know about them. It's a really great way. And it's really fun. I love doing any sort of collaborations with other bloggers.
0: Right. And I love how bloggers are always so willing to collaborate. It's such a team
1: effort. It doesn't seem as cutthroat as it could be. I mean, I know that there are people in this world that are like that, but I just choose to not associate myself with them. And I have a business coach and I'm in a business group and it's 100% the most supportive, like we all want to see everyone else succeed sort of environment. And so teaming up with people from that group is just awesome because it is. We're all just trying to help each other out. We're all trying to make a living. We're all trying to grow our following and reach more people.
0: So tell me, how was it with your comfort level from starting these videos?
1: What were your feelings? Scared. I mean, scared, nervous, all those things. I mean, I think a lot of people who are food photographers are photographers because they like being behind the camera, not in front of it. Mm -hmm. And so being in front of the camera is just not the most comfortable. You do a great job. (laughs) You look so natural. I appreciate that. It's taken a long time to get there when I first started doing it, like I said, during the Whole30, I pretty much made like a commitment to myself that I was going to get on once a day during that entire month to talk about what I was making for Whole30. And it just so happened that I did that a lot for my breakfast when I was cooking at home and I'm a morning workout person. So my breakfasts were always made like when I'm home sweaty, obviously like <laughs> makeup on. So I pretty much was just like, at the end of the day, this is me. And if you're into it, that's great. And if you're not, fine, you don't have to follow me. So it took a little while for me to like figure that out and be totally comfortable with that. And now I'm most, probably more than any other time of the day story when I'm making my breakfast and I 100% of the time am in workout clothes or pajamas and have not showered and have no makeup on. So (laughs) I think that's perfect because it's so authentic. Right. You're
0: keeping it real.
1: And that's, you know, what I've really found people respond to is authenticity. And that's the best way to make any sort of real connection with your followers.
0: Mm-hmm. So what are the challenges that you face with all of this content? Since you started at the very beginning from starting your food blog, how much more content are you producing? And I quote you, when I talked to people, you said that it's 20% creating the content, 80% marketing it. Yeah. So how
1: has that evolved and changed from the beginning to right now? So, I mean, at the beginning, I think I was just trying to like pump out as much content as possible. And I guess for the first year in any sort of food blog, I kind of feel like you have to do that just to have a significant amount of content on your site. I mean, now it's great because I can reshare and repost Thanksgiving recipes from the last three years that are on my blog. This year was also a big shift for me in content creation because I launched my granola business. And so my blog content was cut in half. I used to post two new recipes a week and starting this entire year, all of 2018, I have only posted one. And honestly, like my business has grown significantly this past year. That's fantastic. Yeah. So it's good to know that there is a direct correlation with amount of content you're producing and number of followers. I now have a better system for how I promote my content. So with each new blog post I put up, there are sharing websites online that it's submitted to. I use Tailwind, which is a Pinterest scheduler. And so I utilize that in terms of scheduling out pins for each recipe over like a three month span. And certain pins are on a loop. So they get looped every six months. When blog posts go live, I schedule out Facebook posts for the next three months. From that one recipe, I do Instagram posts as well as Instagram stories. So yeah, promoting is a lot of work. But it sounds like you have a
0: well-oiled machine that you have that plan in place. You have that idea of when and how. And so you can just be creative and focus on the
1: what. Mm -hmm. My promotion is definitely not at a level that it should be. I need to be doing more promotion, but it'll get there. It's just like everything. It's a work in progress.
0: Right. So, how do you keep up with this technology? Does it feel overwhelming when Instagram keeps adding new ideas or, you know, and even like with using Tailwind, how was your comfort level and what did you do to just
1: learn it? Well, Instagram Stories was around for probably, I want to say they launched Stories last fall. And I didn't really get on Instagram Stories until last January. So, it took me like a couple months to even attempt Instagram Stories. Mm-hmm. And like I said, that was a, big transition for being comfortable with it. In terms of other technology, you have to do it slowly. And it's like shiny objects in them. There's always something new. There's always something else. There's Instagram TV, which I don't even understand what that is. I haven't attempted that. (laughs) Always something more, something you can be doing. And I really like want to focus more energy on one thing. Doing a whole bunch of things not very well is not going to significantly impact your business. I would rather be really good at one thing and focus my efforts on one technology. Like I will probably in the future figure out how to shoot those pretty overhead recipe videos, but I don't have the time to learn that right now and it's not worth my time at the moment to try and learn that when I could be doing other things to grow my business. So, it's always hard to keep with technology. I guess I don't have a wonderful answer for that, but just kind of one bite at a time.
0: I think that's a great tip because it can be overwhelming.
1: Oh I got I have to keep up with everything.
0: But I think by saying, just focus on the thing that you're doing well and master that, get used to that and then go to the next thing and don't beat yourself up if you're not engaging in the newest, like the Instagram TV. And sometimes it's better just to see what other people are doing and take ideas from them and then figure out how it would work for you. Right. So, what are your plans for the future for new types of content? Have you thought of that yet?
1: Well, in terms of my granola business, I would love to add another flavor. And I currently just have one original flavor that I have been making and selling and promoting all year. And similar to growth patterns, like I want to 100% nail down my pitch, the stores I sell wholesale in, like I want to scale things in terms of my online and my wholesale sales, and then add in another flavor for granola. And in terms of my blog, I'm still planning here and out, focusing on paleo gluten-free recipes. For me, that is just really what makes me personally feel best. And I know that a lot of people who suffer from autoimmune issues, like I do, It's a great way to combat symptoms. So I'm still going to be focusing all my content in that area, but I would like to do some expansion into other lifestyle sorts of things that are still kind of in the food world. So whether that's entertaining and non-toxic products, that sort of thing, but still primarily food.
0: Well, that's great. Well, and I have to say the granola is absolutely fantastic. It is so delicious. Thank you. It's hard to not eat the whole bag in one sitting. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's me. I'm very day. excited because they sell it near a coffee shop near me rewired right on Belmont here in Chicago. Yeah. So I walk by then I was like, Oh, I should just stop in and grab some. <laughs> yeah.
1: I'm also really excited because I'm going to be doing some fun holiday bundles. Oh. So I'll be, putting together essentially like gift packages that will be great for hostess gifts and for family that you just send gifts to that are going to have my granola as well as for other Chicago based food companies. So there's going to be a nut butter in there. There's going to be some pancake mix. There's going to be some coffee and then there's going to be some caramels all from Chicago, small Chicago food companies.
0: Oh, I'm going to look forward to that. What a great gift. Yeah, I'm
1: really excited.
0: Well, and that's one of the things I love about your blog too and the information that you're sharing is to help people because I'm just looking at your about me page cuz you were diagnosed with an autoimmune disease at 17. I love that this all started because you had to figure out how are you going to eat and eat well and enjoy life and I love how it's just evolved from food to toxic products to granola to every you know all of that. It's just it starts with the reason why you need this information and
1: how you're helping people? Yeah, at the end of the day, I just want to help people. I want to help people get healthy. I want to help people make simple, delicious, easy meals. I want to connect people with their family around the table. I want to give people with celiacs and with other autoimmune diseases a really delicious products. And I just like putting a smile on people's face through food, and whether that's my recipes or my granola. I just love making people happy.
0: Yes. Well, you do a great job.
1: So how can people find you on Instagram and Facebook and everywhere? Sure. So my blog is called Hungry by Nature. It's just hungrybynature.com. From there, you can look at all my recipes. You can get my granola on that site as well as see where in Chicago and the suburbs the granola is sold. On Instagram, I'm I'm Hungry by Nature. And Facebook, it's I'm Hungry by Nature. But if you go to the website, all of my social links are there. So if you just remember hungrybynature.com, you should be able to find me everywhere.
0: Excellent. I'll post this on the Succeed with Content Strategy website as well. Wonderful. Ellie, thank you so much for explaining how you've been involving your content. This is great information. And I look forward to seeing the new content that you'll develop in the future. Thanks so much, Rebecca. Thanks for having me. So there you have it. A huge thank you to Andrea Klunder and Edwin Ruiz at the Creative Imposter Studios for editing the Succeed with Content Strategy podcast. Please subscribe so you can hear more interviews from people who are succeeding with content strategy.